You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine podcasts. After a week off to celebrate all that we have to be thankful for, including a 31 to 6 trouncing of the Saints on Thanksgiving Eve, we are back on Believe and better than ever heading into Patriots week. Boy, Jamie D'Amico, this is such a great High energy time to be a Buffalo Bills fan, as I am John Boccasino, of course, being joined by Jamie. We are talking about the Patriots. It's Patriots week. Just how excited are you, Jamie, for this week 13 game? It's a great time to be a Bills fan, isn't it? You don't know which direction things are going to go. And really, isn't football about entertainment? Mm, No, it's about beating the Patriots. I'm going to be pissed if they don't. Oh, there's there's no doubt. I mean, look, this I've been trying to think in my head the last which is dangerous. The the last time I've been this excited um, for a primetime home game. And you remember that we didn't have home games with fans in the stands last year. So no fans could be at then Bill Stadium for the primetime showdowns in 2020. And when the schedule came out, this was the only home primetime game the Bills got, even though Bills Mafia traveled very well to Tennessee and to New Orleans for those two primetime showings. Jamie, I expect the the Richter scale energy to be absolutely off the charts on Monday night. Um, the fans are going to do their part. The question is, are the Bills going to match the energy that the fans bring to the table? I hope to God they do because – When the schedule came out, I think most Bills fans took it for granted the Patriots were going to be mediocre. Maybe they'd be a 9-8 and team, but I don't think anybody saw this showdown having the Bills trailing the Patriots for first place in the AFC East. No, probably not. And the ideas of the Patriots' demise were very overstated last season. You know, they didn't have a great year, but last year was never going to be a good season for them. They didn't have a quarterback. Okay, that was an issue. No team plays well without a quarterback. But the other side of it is they had six guys opt out with with COVID. And they also, and I think I worded it this way last week, took their medicine with the salary cap. They had gotten to a point where they needed to let a lot of contracts go and they had a lot of dead money. So there wasn't much maneuvering they could do. Well, what happened this year? They had a ton of salary cap space, and they spent it. And they spent it on some good players, 
and they drafted a quarterback who is doing a good job for them. Yes, of course, Mac Jones is the rookie that is drawing all the comparisons to Tom Brady, the Buffalo Bills tormentor for the greater part of 17 years, who still gives Bills fans nightmares. And be- before we get to to Mac Jones and, and the sequitur um, in the transition of the franchise quarterback from again, you know, last year, you're right, was an off year. Cam Newton wasn't the solution. You know, we knew that um, Brian Hoyer and any of the other guys that the Patriots had on the roster were just placeholders. And the the Patriots got their quarterback in Mac Jones. But bef- I want to I want to switch topics before we go to the Mac Jones breakdown. Jamie, this here's what terrifies me most about the Monday night game. It's the same old Patriots. I think every Bills fan expected the Patriots dynasty to be down this year. And yet here's the evil empire's uh, leader, Bill Belichick, summoning his magic, somehow fleecing the Ravens into a trade for Matt Judon, who is a nightmare matchup on defense and, and, and getting his defense back to the, the Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis type where they're aggressive. They pop you in the mouth. They force turnovers and they're really stout against the run. It's the same old damn Patriots. It feels like it is. They're tough. They're smart. Their defensive pieces are quite interchangeable. They are a tough team to match up against because I hate to say it, but every player that's on the field, they just do their job and they do their job well. And this team, having won six games in a row, people are saying, ah, but who have they beaten those last six games? Well, guess what? They've beat better teams in the last six games than the Bills have all season. So I don't want to hear that argument. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm not one of those people that's going to break out the strength of schedule and say, who have you beaten? You beat the teams that are on the schedule. You beat the teams that are in front of you. And, you know, Bills fans are reveling in the 25-point victory over the Saints on Thanksgiving Eve when the Saints were missing Alvin Kamara. They were missing their backup running back. They were, you know, Trevor Simeon didn't have all of his weapons to throw to. The defense was gutted. But the Bills still got a victory, and that's the name of the game. You survive, you find a way to win. And if the Bills win this game 6-3 to three on Monday night, people might complain that the offense only put up six points, although the weather is not looking good at all for this primetime showdown. What's the forecast? All right, so I want to be fair to our audience. I know what I saw last night. I'm doing some real-time punching up here on my app. This is one of those days, Jamie, where it's supposed to be in the mid-50s during the day and then have a crazy drop, like a 27-degree drop in temperature. Here is the prediction that I'm seeing Monday night. Windy, mostly cloudy skies, low around 25, wind gusts 20 to 30 miles per hour. Now. You got to amplify that to probably 30 to 35 in that stadium, given the swirling wind potential uh, at Highmark Stadium. So it's going to be pleasant at the stadium. So listeners, we've mentioned this before, but John and I have never met in person. We have been doing this for a few years now, and it has been an online budding friendship and this guy invited me to come to the game with him on Monday night, and I just wasn't able to do it with work and money and all that other adult crap that gets in the way. 
no, maybe I'm not too sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really hopeful. Uh, yeah, Jamie, I, I had reached out to him because I had an extra ticket uh, for this primetime game. And I was like, man, it would be awesome. And, and Jamie, to his credit, did everything to make sure if he could come. And he, he tried everything. It just wasn't feasible. And Jamie's in D.C., so it's not like he's in Fairport and, and has to hop a ride with me down the ninety to head up to the stadium. You know, it's not as simple as that. Unfortunately, we will get this band together and do an in-person live podcast and go cheer on the bills uh, in person. But you know, it's, it's one of those things, Jamie, and to make you feel even better. So besides the swirling wind gusts at night, there's going to be morning rain, then windy with a mix of rain and snow showers in the afternoon. There is still a chance that snow is going to come for this game. Oh, by the way, daily wind gusts up to 40 miles an hour or what? more. Oh my God. <laughs> this is during the day. So imagine like the tailgate, you know, I'm planning on bringing my portable grill, going to get the burgers, the dogs, the sausages, uh, going to have some great sides, a ton of good beer, some good water. We park in one of the little business lots uh, on California. I'm not going to give away the address because we want to maintain our anonymity for the tailgate. But if you know, you know, and uh, I can imagine people's plates flying and being littered across the parking lot. And it's it's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I'm really curious too when the RV lot is going to open at the stadium and when those crazy fans are going to come out there and support their team uh, for this big showdown. But Jamie, that's a long winded way of saying this is not I feel like this weather and this script perfectly suits what Bill Belichick wants to do with their offense. Josh does have an incredibly strong arm and we saw it uh, on display. You know, the, the Ravens game, I think is the closest one I can come up in memory for thinking when Josh Allen has had to deal with weather, like what he's probably going to see on Monday night and the bills won that game. But if you recall, Josh had a hard time getting the passing offense going with Stefan Diggs. He airmailed him on a couple of deep balls him and Gabriel Davis couldn't quite get on the same page. So that's why I feel like we say this on loop, but it's really going to be important for the Bills. The Bills are not the greatest running team. They're going to need to use the short pass to equate to the running game, which is why I really am looking forward to seeing Matt Breida, um, Cole Beasley out of the slot. You know, those quick passes, get Dawson Knox involved over the middle of the field. That's going to have to be almost a substitute run game is going to be the quick passes. I'm not sure how well the bills are going to have success running against this stout front four for the Patriots. They run, they stop the run. And I, I just, <laughs> the bills have shown a better ability recently to get to the outside. They're really mimicking what they did in 2018 that made Devin Singletary and Mitch Morris look like good players. So I don't know why it has taken them this long to realize that they were not set up for a zone scheme, but here they are doing the, the pin and pull blocking and they need to get to the outside. If there's precipitation, that's going to be an issue for them. But even though the past couple of weeks, the bills have run the ball a little bit better. They're still not a running team. These conditions favor the Patriots. Damn it. <laughs> it's it's painful to say that, although in, in, in the good news front, it's not official, but if you trust Sean McDermott and during his press conferences, I think Sean is one of the more truthful coaches in the fact that he tells you what's happening and doesn't, you know, doesn't bullshit. Doesn't, Does he? 
I think Sean's pretty truthful. I mean, compared to a lot of the coaches out there, I mean, I don't have any science to back that up other than like, when's the last time Sean has said something about like a player's availability. And then at the last minute, Oh, psych, he's going to be sidelined. And and what I'm saying at is Spencer Brown, things are looking pretty good for the rookie to be lining up at tackle uh, for Monday night's game. Yes, that is going to be helpful. Although I have to tell you, Cody Ford has not been playing badly. Like the past couple of games, he has been one of their top rated offensive linemen. I don't know what has gotten into him. I'll be glad that Spencer Brown is back in the lineup. Um, Spencer Brown has brought something to right tackle this year that the Bills just haven't been able to devise in any other way. So glad to have him. Also, Star Lutulele has been reactivated. But it sounds like he had a tough go of it. He was limited in practice on Thursday. Yeah, so there's been all these stories that came out where, and we we all knew um, that COVID has been uh, an issue, obviously for for the country and for the world. And and football players are not immune to having those same problems. And Deion Dawkins's issues with COVID have been well documented. How long it took him, I still don't think he's fully uh, at a hundred percent with his. I don't think so. His, the breathing and the lung issues and that the scarring that took place from coming down with COVID. Well, Star Latulale is one of those players too, who um, there was actually an article that came out where Dion talked about how star called him up and mentioned his acute COVID-19 symptoms. And it's pretty scary. What, uh, what was mentioned in this article. So star is a large gentleman to begin with. And he's got this bout with COVID-19, which, as we all know, has issues, again, with your breathing. It impacts your breathing. There's scarring that can be on your your lungs that really can have long-term uh, health consequences. And Star was saying he was feeling chest pains, which are never good. And he had reached out to Dion for some advice. And so <clears throat> what Dion Dawkins said <clears throat> was that Star started taking these antibody infusion bags that made him feel better after one dose and he kept taking a a carefully regimented dose of these antibodies to help him uh, in his recovery and Dion had a more severe case uh, it seems like than what Dion did but you know Star was struggling at practice but again if you trust Sean McDermott he was saying that he expects his quote was both Star and Spencer Brown are trending in the right direction to playing on Monday night. Now you'd rather them be at a hundred percent than at, you know, not playing at all, but any, any Spencer Brown and any star Latula is better than being sidelined. And what you were mentioning is monoclonal antibody therapy. And that seems to be what helps people recover the quickest. That's what they give you when you go to the hospital for it. So like when uh, president Trump, had it, uh, when Joe Rogan had it, uh, that was really, you know, they, they recovered rapidly and it was the monoclonal antibody therapy that is probably responsible for it. According to all the, uh, the research out there, I know, I know guys, every time I bring something like this up, somebody's going to reach out to me on Twitter and tell me that I didn't do my own research and that something else is what's actually working. Don't bother. <laughs> Don't bother. At the Jamie D'Amico on Twitter. I am at Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I am at John Boccasino if you want to get involved in any way, shape, or form with this podcast. And uh, you know, Jamie, it's so let's we're kind of bouncing around here a little bit with our our pod topic because it's Patriots Week. Emotions are running high. First place is on the line in the AFC East. Um, number one seed in the AFC is on the line. Um, I, I read somewhere if the Bills lose this game, their odds of winning the number one seed drop to 8%. And if they win, the number one seed is in line 44% of the time, um, which is a massive swing. Also, if the Bills somehow lose this game, they could fall to eighth place in the conference and be on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. Who the hell saw that coming when the year started? Oh, I, I got to tell you, if the Bills lose twice to the Patriots, they're not making to the they're not making the playoffs this year. They have lost way too many tiebreakers. Um, they, they have way too many losses in the AFC. It's just going to be such an uphill battle for them uh, with those tiebreakers. It, it would take a small miracle for them to get in. I think, and that's why it's so important that at least the Bills secure a split with the Patriots because the Patriots have a bad loss of their own falling to the Dolphins. Uh, I believe that was the season opener 17 to 16. They fell uh, to Miami. So if the bills can get a split with the Patriots and they have their season finale against the jets, January 9th at home, which you hope the bills can take care of business and get that win. The bills need to at least split with the Patriots to win the division. And you know what? I'm sorry. As much as I'd love for the bills to get the number one seed, the top priority is win the damn division. You win the division, you get a home game. It all starts with that. I don't even want to focus on the number one seed, take care of your business, win the damn division. Yeah, I'm with you. And the best way of doing that is to win your home games. Don't try to set yourself up to have to win on the road in December in the Northeast. So take care of business to take care of business this weekend, boys, this weekend, this week, <laughs> you know, it, it really can be a whole weekend long event with, again, the Monday night game, uh, 8 20 PM kickoff on Monday at Highmark stadium. And we, we let's start our preview. Let's start our positional preview with this, Jamie, with Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback who, you know, I don't know. I, I'm of the belief that Mac Jones is good, but not great. Uh, he's more the master of the short captain checkdown type passing. Uh, he's not a deep threat at all, which to me makes me feel like the wind is going to really hinder him. And oh, by the way, this could be the coldest temperature that Mac Jones has ever played in for a football game by far. He is ne- he's an Alabama boy, you know, for college. I mean, he never saw temperatures in the mid 20s with a wind chill you know, with the 30 mile an hour wind gusts out there. So I feel like this is one of those opportunities for the Bills defense, even though Trey White, RIP Trey, out for the year with the ACL tear, this is going to be up to Leslie Frazier and the defense to make Mac Jones uncomfortable by confusing him. We all talk about Bill Belichick being the defensive genius who limits and confuses rookie quarterbacks. Well, the Bills are pretty darn good at confusing rookie quarterbacks too. They are. But here's the problem, and I'm going to talk about the defense a little bit here. The game that Mac Jones has is very quick passes. In fact, a lot of his reads are predetermined, which means he's getting rid of the ball very, very quickly. The confusion comes on the back end of the defense. When the quarterback drops back, it's when... The defenders are switching to different zones or switching from man to zone or vice versa. 
that the quarterback doesn't expect. But when you have two steps and a throw, that does not create enough time for the defense to really start masking things the way the way they normally would. You know, sending the safeties to the sidelines and the cornerbacks to the deep middle and things of that nature. That's not where he throws it anyway. But he is going to neutralize the Bills' ability to do that and probably force the Bills into man-to-man coverage, which is probably not where they want to be starting Dane Jackson right now. Jane Daxon. That would be awesome. <laughs> I was so close to saying it. <laughs> That's a nice little uh, subtle good place uh, reference if you were going for it. It's not. I don't know what good place is. Oh, it's a good TV show. You should educate yourself on it. It's uh, Ted Danson, and it's a fantastic uh, show. I highly recommend it. There's some really cool. You'll want, it's almost like the not great Bob reference. You'll get there when you get there, and then you'll be like, oh, holy cow. That's what he was talking about. But I digress because I want to go back, Jamie, uh, with this Mac Jones breakdown. And the number here that's crazy to me is you said he gets rid of the ball lightning quick. He is the fourth fastest average release time in the league at 2.61 seconds per throw. That's pretty, that's like Dan Marino-esque when it comes to getting rid of the ball in a heartbeat. And it's very similar to what Tom Brady did for all those years in New England, which means if the Bills don't generate instant pressure and get off their man quick and get after Mac Jones, he knows where he's going with the ball. So if there's a hole, if there's a seam, if there's an opening, he's going to find it. So what do the Bills do? What does Leslie Frazier have to dial up to slow down this Patriots offense that has just been on an absolute tear? I know that the quality of teams they've beaten has not been phenomenal, but this is still really impressive. During their six-game winning streak, the Patriots have outscored their opponents by a whopping 211 points to 63. And they are... Number one in the NFL in point differential, two points ahead of the Bills. Um, their, their offense is clicking on all cylinders. So what do the Bills have to do? Well, they run the ball well. Uh, so between the short passes and running the football, the Bills need to compress their defense. Everybody on the field has to be within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage and facing the quarterback, at least initially, and those uh, cornerbacks – they're probably going to have to put themselves in a position that they are uncomfortable with, and they're probably going to have to play some press man coverage, which is setting the Bills up for disaster, unfortunately. The Patriots have big receivers. They don't have a single wide receiver that is under six feet tall, and they have Nikhil Harry, who is 6'4". So the big-body quarterback, the big-body receivers are the people that give the Bills corners a hard time. And with Trey White out of the lineup, ooh, you know, what does this mean? If they go four wide, does that mean Saran Neal is going to be matched up in man-to-man coverage? I don't like the sound of that. I don't either. I don't think the Bills fans like the sound of that. But what are you going to do? Because Bill Belichick is so freaking crafty and creative that he could trot out both Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith at the talented tight end spots. And you got Kendrick Bourne on the outside, who has actually become a really solid playmaking receiver uh, for New England. So now it's like, who do you choose to to, to put the, the shadow on? You know, who do you choose to try to take out of the ball game? Because Mac is becoming really 
uh, efficient at his routes, uh, at reading his receivers and finding them in a split second. And, you know, I hope that Matt Milano is able to uh, return. I know Tremaine Edmonds has made great strides um, and and he played a, a huge game against the Saints on Thursday. Milano's limited with a shoulder injury, but it hasn't impacted his availability. So hopefully he is able to be back out there at closer to 100% because all those Bills backers are going to really have the big responsibility of taking away the tight ends and that middle seam route coverage that the Patriots love to run. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Don't get fooled into thinking that the Patriots don't get chunk yardage when they throw the ball. Because Kendrick Bourne is averaging 14.8 yards a reception. Nelson Aguilar, 13 yards. Jacoby Myers, 10 and a half. And let's see, Nikhil Harry is also coming in at 14 and a half yards per reception. Like these are guys, now granted, Nikhil Harry doesn't have too many receptions. Yeah, I'm not not too worried about Nikhil Harry. (laughs) Right. But these are guys that are, they're getting more than 10 yards. Now, here's the thing. Uh, They don't average all that many air yards per throw. So these are run after the catch guys. And that's almost more dangerous because that means that the throws that Mac Jones is making are higher percentage to make because they're closer to the line of scrimmage. But these receivers are making things happen with the ball in their hands. They're good. They are. They are good. And and it's going to be a massive opportunity for the Bills to show what they can do against this Patriots offense. And I know that the Patriots love to run the ball. And between Damian Harris and Ramonde Stevenson, they have two really, really solid running backs who can both catch the ball out of the backfield and be hard runners. And, you know, before we get to the running game breakdown, I wanted to mention, though, that the Patriots offense is incredibly balanced out there. So here's what I think the Bills need to do. There's going to be a lot of faith placed in Dane Jackson to handle his responsibility and in Levi Wallace to step up and handle their responsibilities on the outside without Trey White being there. I know they're not your man-to-man corners by trade, but they're going to have to step up and handle a man-to-man responsibility because here's why. I feel like the Bills are going to dial up more blitzes than they have for this game on Monday night. I don't think they can get to Mac Jones solely relying on the front four to win their matchups and get there with that 2.41 second release average. That's just not enough time to get to the quarterback. The bills will have to do smart blitzes. Maybe they're bringing Taron Johnson off the edge. Maybe it's Saran Neal 
coming off the edge. Maybe it's one of their backers coming off on a blitz. But the Bills need to do enough smart blitzing to make Jones uncomfortable, to make him make those reads quicker than he's used to. Because if he has time to sit back, he's going to find the receivers. He's very good at standing in in the face of the pass rush. He's not afraid to take a hit. But the really the only thing they're going to be able to do is try to scheme up ways of getting free runners because I'm worried about what's going to happen if they blitz and don't get to the quarterback, taking guys out of coverage. Um, you know, I, I'm worried about the loss of Trey White and what it's going to mean. Are there going to be more blown coverages? Like what's going to happen? Um, and the thing that you also piggybacking on what you said, you have to keep in mind that the Patriots offensive line is probably playing like the best offensive line in football right now. Uh, granted, it's schemed up that they they don't hold the ball for a long time. Right. I, I understand. So they don't need to hold their pass blocking, but they run block really well, too. So they've built something good here, and I don't. I'm with you. I don't think the front four is going to be able to get to Mac Jones. They're going to have to be very cognizant of getting their hands up and in the passing lanes and try to bat some balls down. Hey, I'm I'm looking at you, Groot. You're a tall guy. You better knock down some passes because they (laughs) love throwing to the right side. I am Groot. Bat down ball. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be very challenging for the Bills. And especially when you think about New England breaking the mold, they use their fullback, Jacob Johnson, on 28% of their snaps. And he's even more impressive between him and another sixth offensive lineman that the Patriots would like to bring in there. They give Max so much time, and he doesn't need all that time. So it's really a scary recipe for the bills, but I think the blueprints there, I think the bills run defense. They want all these accolades of being a top unit. This is the show it to me game. This is the show me what you're worth. Stopping Damian Harris, stopping Ramonde Stevenson. If the bills are able to stop the Patriots run game, and especially if the bills can score early and have the lead, I do not want this to be a game like the Colts game where the bills were down early and had to rally. If the Bills get the lead in front of that raucous crowd, that's the best blueprint possible for winning this game. And you know that with those running backs and Ramondre Stevenson, oh my God, the guy's a wrecking ball. He's 227 at about six feet and runs like a 4-4. That guy actually really concerns me in this game. Because the Patriots, like we've said, they have been running the ball well, and we saw what happens to the Bills' defense against a really good running team. If the Patriots start running that ball and start controlling the clock with the bad wind conditions that are expected on Monday night, whew, they could make it. They could make it a short game by taking a lot of time off the clock on each drive, and that does not favor the Bills. Yeah, the Bills need to get off the field quick. They need to force turnovers. They need to force the Patriots to not go on those sustained 10, 12 play drives. You're right. Stevenson is a beast. Uh, He's a fantastic running back, and uh, and the Patriots are going to make life difficult on Buffalo. But again, this is what the Bills defense the, here's here's the thing for you, Jamie. Before we get to the offensive side of things for the Bills, I think Sean McDermott sent a very coded message to his players during one of his press conferences earlier this week. You know, Sean 
is being called out a little bit this year for like some of the lackluster performances and he wants to get his team fired up and not that they should need any motivation. If you have a pulse, you are freaking pumped up for this game on Monday, but he dropped a couple of times during earlier pressers this week, the first place Patriots, the first place Patriots, the first place Patriots, letting that sink into his players being like, damn it. Those bastards are in first place. We need to get this game. So I think that's a really nice motivational tool for Buffalo to come out fired up on Monday night. Speaking of guys who should not come out fired up on Monday night, Josh Allen, Josh Allen needs to be as cool and calm as possible for this game. Because Jamie, I tell you overhyped Josh Allen is not going to win this game. No, Uh, sugar high buddy. Um, He's going to have to run the ball himself a lot, but he's going to have to do it smartly, intelligently, and he needs to play within himself. If it's not there going deep, don't go after it because this is the type of game where you make mistakes. It haunts you the rest of the game. So we've seen him throw some bad interceptions in the past few weeks, things that just should never happen to a guy of his stature and experience throwing off his back foot and you know floating it down the middle of the field that's inexcusable you can't do that against a first place team and oh by the way who's in first place the patriots yeah god damn it make me vomit but <laughs> the bills can change that of course on monday night when they host New England at the stadium and uh, and Josh Allen, you know, again, this is going to be I think Josh, this is the game he's been waiting for all season long. He played really well against Bill Belichick last year uh, in 2020, developing a more patient approach. And this is what he's going to have to summon all of that patience and show that the he's not the moment's not too big for him. And, you know, this this game comes solely on the defense and Josh Allen to get enough points on the board to not commit those back breaking turnovers. And, you know, Allen, you know, I feel like he knows exactly what he needs to do out there. The Bills have the weapons to take advantage of the Patriots, unlike those other teams during the six game losing streak when they've lost to New England six in a row. The Bills have the weapons to take advantage of the Patriots defensive liabilities. And I think that's one of those things where this is going to be a a, a chance to, again, show the national audience on that standalone scene, what the bills are made of. This is a must win game for the bills. And I think the bills have every opportunity to win this. They do. um, The Patriots have an excellent player on the back end. Kyle Duggar. He is out. JC Jackson is an outstanding cornerback. He is playing, so expect to see him on Stefan Diggs quite a bit. Um, They have some great experience back there with Devin McCourty. Uh, Jalen Mills is the other uh, corner who I think you can probably try to take advantage of him. But the Bills have playmakers. And, oh, by the way, if they're trying to get after Josh Allen, I'm very interested in seeing the linebackers and safeties trying to run with – with uh, Dawson Knox, who's really turned it on lately. Yeah, that's a different dimension. I feel like that the bills bring where it's not just a wide receiver, heavy offense with Diggs and Cole Beasley and now Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders, but you got Dawson Knox 
who's clicking at a whole nother level uh, for this Bills offense and giving Buffalo exactly what the Patriots had all those years, a dynamic pass-catching weapon over the middle who can also do very well in blocking. And I like exactly what the Buffalo Bills uh, did uh, when it came to the game against the Saints. The offensive line has been much maligned, but the unit held up very well against a Saints team that still can get after the quarterback. That is going to be so important for Buffalo on Monday night to make sure that they find a way to contain Matthew Judon, the edge rusher who has been absolutely fantastic, along with Kyle Van Noy, who is back from the dead. He went to Miami, had a horrible stint, comes back to the Patriots, and he's all worldly again. So the offensive line really needs to hold up well. And with Spencer Brown, I'm going to feel a lot better with this unit out there. Oh, I I agree 100%. Uh, Spencer Brown looks to me like a guy who's going to develop into a very high-level player. He's certainly improved the Bills' offense when he's out on the field. They average substantially more yardage of offense when he's playing. And, you know, I, I hope he can keep himself healthy and keep himself on the field. And with Brown, hopefully in the lineup and with Dawson Knox again, helping out uh, as the blocker from the tight end position, that will definitely do a long, uh, a lot of good to help Buffalo slow down the the dangerous and scary Patriots uh, defense and their, their edge rushers. And this is a game where the Bills have to, again, find a way to run the ball. They have to find a way, whether it's Josh on the design runs, whether it's, you know what, Jamie, I wouldn't be surprised as much as he... First of all, Devin Singletary has, I think, done a pretty good job of doing uh, running for, you know, four, four and a half yards a carry the last couple of weeks. I wonder if, given the climate of what the weather is going to be like on Monday, maybe the Bills trot out three running backs and have Zach Moss active because as much as he's been slumping, this is the type of back that the Bills need against that Patriots. They need a bruising back who can get through and get the tough yardage that Devin Singletary is just not as good at getting. That's an interesting thought. I think that that works well if the Bills are planning on throwing some zone blocking in, but I think between changing the uh, the blocking scheme and Moss just not looking that good, I don't know that there's value in putting him out there. Um, so the TLDR uh, version of what I just said is nobody... Pay attention to John Boccasino. He doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good way to summarize a lot of things in life here. Take everything (laughs) I say with a a grain of salt, of course, here. No, let's let's be honest here. Every time you come up with an opinion on anything, you then back it up with stats. And I just, arguing with you is a fruitless endeavor. I'd hate to be your wife. Wow. I love it, buddy. I love it. Now, the reason I think that, again, the physicality with Moss out there, it's an interesting play to make. I think it, we give the Bills a little bit more uh, offensive options when it comes to, to running the ball. And there's also, again, the psychological warfare part of putting a bruiser up there who has really been down and really needs to redeem himself. And he would get a chance to possibly show what he can do on the big stage against the Patriots. All right, Jamie, let's do it. Big game, Monday Night Football. The world is going to be watching and the football world watching this game. What do you think happens on Monday night? Uh, I don't think the Bills have it in them. I, I think they're taking uh, taking a lot of medicine, learning a lot of lessons this year. I think the Patriots win 17, Buffalo 16. 
Ah, uh, Jamie, uh, I, I, I really, I see where you're coming from, and I've been conflicted from the minute I hit record on who I'm going to pick in this game. I, it's going to come down to a last minute field goal. And you know what? I think the bills get just enough offense. They, they get just enough from the offense. They somehow find enough running game uh, potential. They make Mac Jones throw it deep uh, into the wind, which is not his strength at all. And uh, they force a turnover too, which would definitely help, uh, with this game. I'm also feeling a Marquez Stevenson uh, special teams play. I don't know why. I just feel like the Patriots could be had in the special teams game. And I think Stevenson has a long run back on maybe a kickoff. Maybe he gets a punt and gets sprung and has a nice deep run there. I will say Buffalo pulls out this win. It's going to be ugly. I'm going to go 16-14 Bills. Ooh, I like it. So, hey, Stevenson, you think he's going to be back out there? Or do you think that uh, Isaiah McKenzie is going to be put back in the, in the game? As much I love Isaiah McKenzie, you know that I love yeah. the gadget plays he brings. But I think there's something to the confidence that the rookie is bringing, even on that punt or that kickoff that he had a trouble fielding. Um, he was able to still break free and go for a big long run back, I believe, against the uh, the Saints out there. So he shows the peace of mind where he is on the field to bounce back, and he's more he's resilient. I think Stevenson has an impact play. Okay. The only thing that concerns me about him is he took two really big hits, and that is not a good thing for a returner to uh, to endure. But we'll see. It is not. It is not at all. But, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like there's some confidence with the kid. Isaiah McKenzie's kind of been in some Twitter uh, spats over people calling out his fumbling. I, I like where the rookie's focus is at right now. So prove okay, me wrong. Good. And if you speaking of proving me wrong, get involved with our podcast on social media. You can tweet at the Jamie D'Amico and I am at John Boccasino. Also comment on our articles on buffalorumblings.com. And we will see you back next week as we are hopefully recapping a Bill's win over the Patriots and getting you ready for a huge showdown with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Ooh, Jamie, have yourself a great game. day. No, no, not going to make the roadie down to Tampa for that one, but Jamie, have a have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, for Bills Nation, go Bills.